greet one another, wish each other a wonderful Easter. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Let's all stand and say hello to one another. It's not often that you can talk about someone's death in happy terms. But the fact is that for Margaret to have passed from this life into her new life with Christ, where she is now, is a wonderful, um, joy-filled occasion. And I'm grateful that I can say today that Margaret passed away uh, on Thursday, that she is with the Lord, and we just praise God uh, that he has taken this wonderful uh, sister to be with him forever. And we'll say some more things about that. But that did happen this week. Uh, The funeral is going to be on Friday at Mountain View at 2 p.m. on April 25th. Friday, April 25th at 2 p.m. at Mountain View. And then I found out just this morning that there were a couple of other people who actually passed away, relatives uh, of those who are among our number. Um, uh, Mike Muirhead uh, lost an uncle, Alan McRae, this week. And he was also the grandfather of Shiloh LaCroix. So we wanted to be uh, praying for that family as well. And then uh, Melissa lost a sister this week uh, as well. Her sister, Kim Hansen, uh, passed away this week as well. So let me uh, lead us in prayer and ask God to be with these families and and, uh, also to praise him for what's happened with, with our sister, Margaret. Lord, we do pray that you'd be with all of these families this week. We pray, God, that you'd bless them uh, with comfort in the loss of their loved ones. But, Father, we also think of our dear sister Margaret, who has passed into life with you now, and we're just so grateful that she's been able to do that. Lord, we pray comfort on her family as well. Father, you are good to us, and above all, on this day, the day of resurrection, you have given us hope for life. And so as we think of these loved, one, these loved ones that have gone uh, before us, God, we pray you'd give us peace and comfort, uh, but also fill our hearts with joy for what they experience with you. We pray these things through Jesus who makes this possible. Amen. This week, um, we experience tragedy in some different places and in some different ways. You by now are aware that there were five young adults uh, that were killed, stabbed, to death this week in our city. Three of those were University of Calgary students. The other two were also young. And it's just a tragedy uh, to think that that kind of thing is going to take place in our city. Last week, Robin and I returned home uh, from being out somewhere. We walked, uh, got out of the car, walked to the driveway, and there was a 660 News van that was sitting in the street. And when we got out, a lady jumped out of the van and she said, can I interview you about the shootings? And we said, sorry, we don't you know what you're talking about. And she said, well, there was, there was a shooting on your street last night. And then there was some gunfire that went off on a street over here just a little ways. And then another gun went off here in the Northeast as well. And we're just wondering if you wanted to make some comments. We hadn't heard anything about it. So I told her, I said, I don't know what to say. I said, I'm just finding out about it from you right now. So I don't have much to add. But it struck me that there was gunfire on my street in the last week. We experienced this week the capsizing of a South Korean ferry. 300 young people 
have most likely been lost. For those who are members of our church, you're aware that J. Don and Mary Lee Rogers are right at the heart of the events that are taking place in the Ukraine. And Donetsk, where things are happening almost on an hourly basis uh, with Ukrainian soldiers defecting and flying the Russian flag, Mary Lee and J. Don are only a few kilometers away from all of those events, and we need to be praying for them. It wasn't long ago that the Malaysian airliner Flight 370 went down. And as far as I know this morning, there's still no notion, really, of where that jetliner is. Maybe that's changed in the last few hours and you'd know something I don't. It was a mudslide in the state of Washington that in the last few weeks took 39 lives. And then Thursday night, Greg Kleinsaucer and Shane Lopez and I stood in the foyer of our church building... Uh, getting ready for life group and there was a drug deal going down in the parking lot here two cars came up and i had no doubt what they were doing because i see it so often here in this area and so i just go through a, a litany of things of events that are taking place in our world and we could have go through history obviously and just see time and time again how things are indicating that this world is not the absolute best place to live we live in a world that is sometimes pretty hopeless and i hope i think you do too that there can be something different i think some of us came here today wanting to gather with each other and say to each other if not in exactly these words isn't there something different can't we experience something different isn't there a hope that we can have, that we might transcend all of this. And so I want to know that the mass murders and the hunger and the disease and the death are not the final word. I want to know that this tragic, lost, dying, angry, heartbreaking world isn't the end. I want to to make sure that we understand that there is, in fact, a future, that there is, in fact, hope, that we're not just here experiencing decay and evil and death and that that's the end. And if nothing else, I I want that for my kids. I want that for my grandson. I want it for your kids. I want to know that things can be different, that we don't just have this world to look forward to. Now, artists and writers, poets of all kinds have been saying something about this for a long, long time. The idea of wishing for something different. And so, how many of you have read the Chronicles of Narnia? C.S. Lewis's work, the Chronicles of Narnia. Some of you kids out there have probably read the Chronicles of Narnia. And kiddos, if you haven't read it yet, get it. There's seven of them. And I really encourage you to read the Chronicles of Narnia. It's a story essentially about what God is doing. Even though there's characters that are lions and people that are uh, all kinds of (laughs) strange creatures in there. But it's the story really of what God is doing and how he ultimately triumphs through this character Aslan. Aslan triumphs and brings something new to a corrupted world in Narnia. Or maybe you're like me and there's some movies that you enjoy watching that have these same kind of themes. 
One of the, my favorite movies is Finding Forrester. Where William Forrester is this author who writes this great novel and then goes into hiding and he's gone forever, it seems. He's a recluse in New York. Nobody knows where he is. And then Jamal Wallace, the black kid from the ghetto, finds him, brings him out of hiding, gives him hope. And William Forrester ends up starting anew, a new life, which is really the story of resurrection. Or maybe, and you know, the first service, they just, they were angry with me for bringing this up because I, I just destroyed this movie for some of them. But some of you have seen Frozen. Huh? Have you seen it, kids? Have you seen Frozen? Who's not seen Frozen? Oh, I'm going to ruin it for you. Frozen is about a princess. A princess who has this magical ability to make everything frozen. The problem is she can't control it. And she ends up having to leave her city because she's ruining the lives of everyone. And she goes out of town. And then the whole world ultimately gets frozen because of her. Her sister decides that she's going to go after her other sister, the one who's freezing everything, and bring her back and make her life better. But in the process, things just continue to go bad until finally, at the end of the movie, <laughs> yeah, Joanne's putting her, her fingers in her ears. She doesn't want to hear it. I'm going to wreck it for you. <laughs> finally, at the end of the movie, there's a sacrifice. And it's the sacrifice of a sister giving her life to save another sister as she's being attacked by another. And the one who goes between her sister and the one who is attacking her ends up, just as she dies, she freezes solid in between the two of them so that the attacker can't get to her sister. But that act of love, which is really what it is, ends up being the key to everything beginning to thaw. And the thaw begins with the sister who has given her life. And so there's an act of love that brings about newness. And all the things that are frozen begin to thaw because of this wonderful act of love on the part of a princess. And the story sounds familiar. We know about stories where someone gives his life as an act of love. And because he does, new life begins. Well, those stories, those pieces of art, are really just images. So many of them are really the story of the cross or the story of the resurrection in an imageful way. And this morning, I wanted to just point out to you that we have another image. We have another symbol of new life in Christ. For the whole time that I've been here, for the last eight years, almost every Sunday, we put this walker out for Margaret to come uh, and to get out of the car and to come into the entryway and to get this walker and to walk down the hallway here with it and in through the doors and down the aisle. And then she would sit in her pew and the walker would sit there until the end and then she would take her walker and she would go out. And what I want to say today is that this walker is no longer needed. And it's not 
that it's no longer needed just because Margaret has left this world and gone to a new place. This walker is no longer needed because Margaret has been absolutely made new. She has a new life. Her body is no longer a 95-year-old failing body. You know, that's what a walker is. It's a tool for somebody whose body is failing. That's why they have these things. And Margaret's body is no longer failing. Instead, there has been a change. There's been something new. She's been transformed. God, through His resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, has made it possible for Margaret to have a new life and a new body. And she didn't go from here from life to death. She went from life to life and has been made new. And so I praise Jesus today that there can be, at least for the day, a new symbol of what it means for someone to rise from the dead and to receive something new in Jesus, the new body, the new reward that he has promised to those who love him. And I want you to know this morning that it's not just for Margaret that Jesus rose from the dead. But there's a whole new history that is being worked out because Jesus rose from the dead. God is doing something to not just make individuals new. God is doing something to make all of life, all of reality, all of the universe, all of creation, everything that there is, is made new with the resurrection of Jesus. And so listen to these words from Revelation chapter 21. It says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them, and be their God, and he will wipe every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death, and no more mourning, or crying, or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. And he who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. And that means that this lady, this precious friend of ours, has been made new. She doesn't need this anymore. Because where she is, all the bodies are perfect. All of the bodies have been restored. All the lives have been made new. That means a couple of things for you and me today. First, it means that there is power to overcome death and everything death-like. That means that physical death, emotional death, the destruction of life brought on by sin, all these things that are things that are taken care of with the resurrection of Jesus. Lives are reconstructed and rebuilt through the power of resurrection. And that means that if your life today is in need of reconstruction, of a new start, you've come to exactly the right place. This is what we specialize in. Because we have a God who specializes in this. We have a God whose sole purpose, it would seem, for so long has been the redemption of his people, his children. He's redeemed Margaret, but he's redeemed so much more. Now, I can, can't guarantee you that if you are here today and you 
give yourself to Jesus Christ even and become a part of our church family, I can't guarantee you that we aren't going to fail you. We are not perfect people. In fact, I can guarantee you that we will fail you because we are not perfect people. But I can also guarantee you that our Lord will be perfect for you. I can guarantee you that he brings about newness and that he will bring about newness in your life. I can promise you that he'll turn your life around. I can promise you that the resurrection of Jesus from the dead is a promise to every hurting person that things don't have to remain as they are. And so for all of us today, there is hope. And if you need hope, you've come to the right place. Second, it means for us the opportunity to help bring renewal. You know, Christians have not always been perfect. It's very common for people, when I talk to someone about Jesus, it's very common for people in the world to say something to me like, well, what about the Crusades? Or, what about the Spanish Inquisition? What about all those things that Christians have been done, that have been done by Christians? And you know, I just have to say, guilty? Christians are not perfect? We've really made some boneheaded decisions? Made some big mistakes? There have been some evil popes? I don't know what they were thinking. There was the Holy Roman Empire. That wasn't good. There's been oppression by the church. None of that is good. Sometimes we've supported slavery. It's a horrible mistake. I'm so grateful for people like William Wilberforce who helped change that. But do you know that aside from the millions, or aside from the many, I should say, institutional elements that have brought those things about, there have always been millions of Christians who behind the scenes are simply doing what God wants them to do. There have always been those good people who simply serve Christ. And when it comes down to it, I'm hoping that the world will first of all judge us and our faith by Jesus. But then beyond that, I hope the world looks into the lives and the hearts of the average Christian Average Christians just like Margaret. Like, isn't it the case that this lady was a great example for all of us? Do you know that she fostered 47 children during her lifetime? And several of those she adopted to be her own children? Why did she do that? Margaret did that because she loved humankind. And she's just an average, ordinary person in whom Jesus Christ lives and whom Jesus transformed through the power of the resurrection. And my point is, is that if Margaret did that, there's simply no reason why you and I can't do the same thing. And so we look at this world full of Sinking ships and planes that crash and shootings and stabbings and drug sales. How is that all going to turn around? And the answer is, I think it's going to turn around by the power of the resurrection working in the lives of God's people. Like we have an opportunity as God's people 
who live by the power of the resurrection to see our world change, to see things become different because we begin to work for Jesus with the power of the resurrection. And I just can't think of anything that's going to stop us. Except maybe we ourselves, as we choose not to acknowledge that power or to accept the responsibility that comes with it. But we can do what Margaret did. You can do what Margaret did. We can change things. We can see things become different. He is making all things new. Our bodies, but eventually all of existence, can be made new because of the power of the resurrection of Jesus. The only question remains is whether or not we will. Like, will you? Will you respond to the authoritative resurrection of Jesus as he makes possible the transformation of our world, certainly the transformation of our lives through the power of his Son. Margaret believed every word of that. And because she did, she lived well and has that reward. There's no reason why we can't experience exactly the same. Let's pray. Holy Father, we rejoice today in the passing from this life to a new life of our sister. And Father, we're grateful for the resurrection power that makes her live again. And so we thank you today more than anything for Jesus who rose from the dead and who is making all things new. It's through him we pray. Amen.